Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bell. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Friday, February 16, 2024. Okay, it's 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time. Markets are slightly down on a higher than expected inflation report. So we'll talk about that. We have some other market news to talk about. And also today I'm going to talk about different types of mutual funds. Okay, uh, yeah, as far as the uh, markets, yeah, we had an inflation report come out today. The producer price index came in higher, a little bit higher than expectations. Uh, was expected to be up 0.1% for the month of January, came up 0.3%. Now, this follows a consumer price index report that came out on Wednesday, also came in higher than expectations. Now, the thing about these inflation reports, I mentioned last week that they are open to revision. Uh, last week, I talked about how the December Consumer Price Index report was revised downwards from an annualized rate of 3.6% to 2.4%. So that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, the reason the markets don't like uh, these higher than expected inflation reports, the feeling is, is that inflation, although down considerably from where it was a couple of years ago, uh, is still higher than what the Federal Reserve wants it to be. And the key there is uh, that gives the Federal Reserve less uh, impetus to lower interest rates. So markets don't like that news, but they're not reacting that negatively to it. Right now, we got the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 0.38%, the S&P 500 down 0.54%, NASDAQ Composite uh, down 0.94%. Yeah, I've talked about in the past, we do still want some inflation in an economy. The uh, target for the Federal Reserve is annualized inflation of 2%. Uh, because as I've said before, almost 70% of the U.S. economy is actually consumer spending. And uh, the key about inflation is that it gives, an, it gives consumers an incentive to buy now rather than uh, later because the idea the prices might go up. Uh, the other the reason is that if you have deflation, uh, and, and consumers have less incentive to buy. And that's an issue China is running into right now. They've got the uh, uh, highest rate of deflation, uh, um, shrinking prices uh, in 15 years, and it seems to be having a negative effect on their economy. Speaking of economies, I uh, just saw a report. Uh, Japan is right now in a recession. Uh, a recession is defined as two consecutive uh, quarters, calendar quarters, of a declining economy. Anyway, uh, yeah, Japan is in recession. I saw that Germany just overtook Japan as the world's third largest economy. Uh, yeah, as far as largest economies, the United States is by far the world's largest economy. We measure what's called gross domestic product, the value of all products and services produced in a country in a year. Uh, for 2023, United States came in around $27.6 trillion. Uh, China far behind, around $17 trillion. I'd have to check uh, Germany and Japan's exact numbers, but they're usually around 4.5 to 4.8 trillion dollars, somewhere in that range. Think about 4.7, 4.8 trillion right now. Uh, so uh, Germany and Japan are the world's third and fourth largest economies. Um, surprisingly, California by itself would be the world's fifth largest economy, coming in, I believe, a little over three trillion dollars a year in products and services. 
Um, but as far as uh, yeah, California alone has a larger economy uh, than the other major economic uh, powers of the world. Uh, they being uh, United Kingdom, uh, France, Italy, and Canada. We actually have uh, five states that produce over a trillion dollars in products and services in a year. Uh, they are in order. Uh, California, Texas, New York, Florida, and Illinois. So we had that news also. Uh, Might have heard about this Lyft, the rideshare company, uh, LFYT. They had a major mistake with their earnings release. I think it came out Wednesday morning. Uh, It might have come out late Tuesday, but it was one of those. Uh, Yeah, what they did on their earnings release, numbers were really good. Stock uh, was at $12 a share before the earnings came out. Uh, they, they try to get cute with their terminology, and, and they announced that uh, for the rest of the year, uh, they expected, I believe it was their sales numbers they were talking about, uh, would be up by 500 basis points, uh, and, and the markets just exploded on that. Stock shot up to $20 a share, and then the company had to issue a correction that they meant 50 basis points, and the stock promptly went back down to $15 a share. Uh, still up from the 12, but definitely down from the 20. So what, what does all that mean? Well, a basis point is a technical term we use in the bond world. Bonds are loans to governments or corporations. Uh, and what, what a basis point is, it's, uh, and I've talked about this on previous sessions, it's, uh, a basis point is one one-hundredth of a percent. We, we, we do break things down that definitively in the bond world. Uh, and so uh, a basis point is one one-hundredth of a percent. So... Um, 100 basis points is 1%. So when that report came out and said, well, expect our sales to go up by 500 basis points, that's 5%. They meant to say 50 basis points, half of 1%. So that's just a case of somebody uh, trying to use terminology um, that they really didn't need to be using. Uh, And I used to see that with young stockbrokers sometimes. You know, they're trying to use all these terms that just most people don't really know what they mean. It, it, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, it would be like me, you know, if somebody was looking for money for a business saying to them, well, are you looking for participatory equity financing or are you looking for subordinated debt financing versus just saying to them, are you looking for me to come in as a co-owner or are you looking for a loan? See, uh, you, you know, start throwing terms around like tranches and subordinated, uh, convertible subordinated debentures and stuff, you know, just Use plain English. Uh, so anyway, they're wide open to lawsuits. Uh, you know, if there's an investor that went out there and bought that stock uh, at twenty dollars a share, uh, based on that news, and then it promptly went down to fifteen dollars, uh, and they can show financial loss. Yeah, they 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 uh, they they have a case for a lawsuit there. Uh, they'd have to show the financial loss, though. You know, somebody actually. And I'm sure some people did get caught in that. Uh, uh, by the way, that is not considered securities fraud, though. Uh, securities fraud is when you're willfully uh, releasing misleading information. This would be more classified as a uh, mistake. Uh, speaking of which, we also had a Goldman Sachs employee over there in England. Uh, I saw just got sentenced to 22 months in prison for insider trading. Uh, what What is insider trading? Insider trading is when you are trading a stock, or really any investment, on material information that you've acquired that has not been made available to the general public. Now, the key is it's got to be material information. As an example, somebody at a company slips you the financial reports 
for you to look at and trade on the day before they've been released to the public. That would be insider trading. However, if you have a friend that works at Best Buy and they happen to tell you that it looks like sales are lower than expected from their perception, that is not insider trading. That's their, their opinion as an employee. It's not uh, considered um, you know, material information coming from a high level. Uh, speaking of which, sometimes, yeah, with companies, talking to employees, if you know people that work there, they can tell you all kinds of stuff just by what they can perceive, but that would not generally be considered insider trading. All right, so we've got a few other things we'll talk about. Uh, different types of mutual funds. Stellantis uh, reported they are the first automaker, apparently, to make money on electric vehicles. And so that was somewhat significant. Stellantis, better known as Chrysler. Um, it, it's a merger, Chrysler, Fiat, and so forth. But uh, had that news. Wendy's, Wendy's, um, you know, the hamburger place, Wednesday, Wendy's. I guess they're going to, they got to deal with Cinnabon. Uh, they're going to be offering uh, Cinnabon dessert type things in their Wendy's store. Now, the idea of that, that's two different companies partnering together. Uh, those have tended to work in the past, and Wendy's might see an increase in sales. The problem they're going to run into, though, is with Cinnabon, you've got, they have independent stores. And they've got franchise owners that own those stores, and they're probably not going to be real happy feeling like, well, our product's now being diluted. People may not come to my Cinnabon store if uh, they're going to be able to get something at Wendy's. So that would be something uh, I'm sure has been considered by both companies, but that's something to take a look at there. All right, what else did we have today? Uh, I think that might be what I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, I think that was, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, not pause. I, I actually never like to see this because I know it affects people's lives. Nike has announced they're laying off 2% of their employees, getting rid of 1,500 jobs during a restructuring of the company. Unfortunately, in the investment world, the stocks tend to go up on that news. Maybe not today with Nike, but let me see. Uh, hold on a second here. Let's see here. Nike stock. Bring it up here. Uh, their trading symbol, by the way, is NKE, Nancy King Edward. Uh, let's see. No, the stock actually went down on that news, down 3.7%. So markets don't like that. A lot of times markets, uh, stocks do go up, though, because the feeling the company's saving money. All right. So the last thing I want to do today is we'll talk about different types of mutual funds. I've been talking about mutual funds in general for a while. I'll talk about different types of mutual funds. And then over the future lessons coming up, I'll talk about them each individually, one by one. I also want to talk about stock screen, uh, screeners and mutual fund screeners. Uh, uh, so we'll talk about those. Uh, and also, I um, want to talk also about you know how do you invest your money with, with, with mutual funds. All right. So uh, I'll probably be missing a few, but let me just see if I can remember the different types of mutual funds. All right. So as far as the three basic categories of mutual funds, we have stock funds, bond funds, and money market funds. What are those? Stocks invest in the stock market. The idea is for growth. Bonds uh, are loans to governments and corporations. You get those, you invest in those for income. And what money market funds are, they're holding places for money. Uh, the idea is they pay interest that varies, variable interest. But usually your money, your principal is not at risk. It's just what changes is the amount of interest, like a parking place for money. All right. So as far as stock funds, uh, last time I talked about different, uh, different size stocks. We have large cap. Those are the big companies, mid cap, small cap, and micro cap. So that's, those are four different types of stock mutual funds. 
We also have industry sector funds. These are mutual funds that invest in specific industries like financial companies, healthcare companies, and so forth. We also have international, global, and regional mutual funds. What are those? Well, international means they invest in companies outside the United States. Global means they invest in the entire world, including the United States. And regional means they just invest in specific regions like Europe, um, Southern Asia, something like that. Uh, we also have what are called asset allocation funds. Uh, the idea is they, these are hybrid funds invested in the stock and bond market, sometimes stocks, bonds, and money markets, usually stocks and bonds. And what they do, they, they, they set a goal of keeping a certain percentage of assets in stock, certain amount in bonds. So an example, an asset allocation mutual fund might say 70% stocks, 30% uh, bonds. But if the stocks start going up quite a bit, then what it would do is sell stocks and buy more bonds um, to keep it at 70, 30, and so forth. So we got those. We have analytic uh, mutual funds, uh, usually stock funds. They can be bond funds also. They use computer programs to try to determine what stocks to buy. They've had limited success, but they do have those. Um, we have value uh, stock funds. What they try to do is buy into uh, stocks that are underperforming the market. Uh, depends on how they do that. They can have some, ex some success. In the past, I've talked about what's called dogs of the Dow. You buy the each year the 10 worst performing uh, stocks out of the 30 that make up the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and it's been shown they tend to outperform the overall average the next year. Not always, but... We also have what are called ESG funds, and what that stands for, Environmental, Social, and Governments Funds. They are, uh, you invest in stocks that are, um, they, they do things benefit to society, uh, environmentally sensitive companies, and so forth. So we'll talk more about them another day. We have what are called target date funds. Uh, the idea with these is they set up for a target date. Like, say you're going to retire in the year 2040. So you invest in one of these, and what they do in their early years, they invest mostly in stocks for growth, but then as they approach that target date, they shift more to bonds and even at some extent money markets. They get more conservative for capital preservation, so we'll talk about those another day. We have commodity funds. They invest not directly in commodities. Commodities are products found in uh, nature, agriculture, like corn, wheat. Uh, it could be metals like uh you know, copper, tin, iron, and so forth. Uh, commodities go far beyond that. I'll do a whole lesson, series of lessons on commodities another day. But anyway, they invest in companies that specif uh, specifically might be uh, in mining companies like copper companies, uh, you know, and so forth. Um, that's easier said than done because where you find copper, you tend to also find some gold. So a lot of these companies put gold in their name and they're really copper mining companies, but we'll talk about those. We also have what are called index mutual funds, which I tend to favor as an investment, as well as many others. Uh, these are mutual funds that simply buy the stocks that make up the Standard & Poor's 500 index and so forth. So we have those. Uh, I mentioned the money market funds, uh, and then we have uh, bond funds. Bond funds are also called fixed income funds. Uh, we have some that invest in just treasuries, loans to the U.S. federal government. We have those that invest in municipal bonds. These are loans to city and state governments. Uh, often the uh, interest is tax-free from federal income taxes, usually, although there are some exceptions. 
Uh, we have what are called corporate uh, bond mutual funds. These are loans made to corporations. Uh, a little bit higher risk, but higher uh, interest rates also. And speaking of higher interest rates, we have what are called high yield mutual funds. Uh, they can invest in corporate or municipal bonds or both. They, uh, they tend to invest in uh, bonds that have a higher than average level of risk. Uh, but they also have higher interest rates. Also, no, these are also known as junk bond funds, J-U-N-K. We have zero coupon uh, bond funds. Uh, what zero coupon bonds are, they don't pay any interest at all. Interest is called coupons. We get all the um, interest coupons attached to the certificates. Uh, but they don't pay any interest at all. But what they do is they just pay a bigger amount of money back in the future. So we have those. And we have what are called preferred stock uh, mutual funds. Not that many of them. Uh, but uh, actually, they are considered fixed income funds. Um, a preferred stock, I'll talk about those more again in the future. What those are, these are stocks that uh, there's first preference on dividends, part of company's profits versus common stock, which is for common ownership. Uh, but anyway, they are, they're kind of a hybrid. They have some aspects of a common stock, but they're more considered fixed income since those dividends are fixed. But We'll talk about that stuff another day. But anyway, I wanted to give you, I probably forgot a few here, but uh, I'll be covering all of these one by one going forward. So, all right, so hope everyone's doing well. Wrap things up for today. Bill Thompson, T-Bell, talk to you again soon. Take care. See ya.